Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, and welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Echelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And, you know, I say this every week, but we have another great show. And this week, we've got a two-parter, part one today, part two next week. But Arm and I, we're going to be talking about what to know about hormone therapy. That's part one. And in our second segment of the show, what foods are best to help optimize hormone levels? So a lot of good content today. And, you know, Armin, uh, this is our first two-parter. Where'd you come up with this? Well, Frank, it could actually be more than two parts. We're going to see how it goes for the for one and two so <laughs> far. But it, we could have a third show on this one. It's a really uh, broad and intense topic, in my opinion. <laughs> well, what to know about hormone therapy? Uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there on hormone therapy. A lot of people mm-hmm. have different thoughts about what it is, what the processes are, and all that good stuff. We're going to cover a lot of this, but... You know, Armin, this is a topic that should create a lot of tension, right? Well, yeah, I mean, because it's like this. Most people, uh, if they're not feeling good and they, they do some research, they're going to find out how important hormones really are because they are very right. important. And so once they realize that, because this is what happened with me, I didn't really realize how important hormones were until I started studying the aging process. And then it was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty important. So. Right. That's, what, that's right. what you have to kind of keep in mind. Um, and when when you get into this particular topic, there is a lot to know because things are still in the early stages, in my opinion. Now, I've been on therapy uh, about 10 years now. And right. so I've learned a tremendous amount about what people should know. And that's what I help my clients with as well, is to get a good understanding of what you how to prepare or what how to educate yourself. So that mm-hmm. you're well informed, because unfortunately, the medical community is not as well informed as people may think. <laughs> right, right. The only thing I knew about hormones is like, like my wife, like, oh, it's h- hormones, or you know, her hormones are worked up, or whatever, like that. Right. You hear a lot of guys uh, talk about that. I never heard anything about guys' hormones unless they talked about testosterone. So, well, well like on that point, Frank, that has to do with. The female cycle because mm-hmm. every month they cycle and it's it's hormonal time uh right like right so that's what we're familiar with uh that's what most people <laughs> are familiar with <laughs> well there's a whole lot more to it that's for sure so where do you want to start armin well like anything as you start to research this topic uh what you're going to figure out is you got to know where you where you are right so this is right. going to require First and foremost, getting a comprehensive blood panel done that's, that's going to tell you where things are at this point in time. Right. And right. you know the, the challenge is, is most doctors, they're only really dabbling in this area. And it's basically with what they understand from the pharmaceutical companies, because that's who's providing some of the solutions. And that's what's being promoted. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, another uh, element in itself. All right, but one portion when you go to a doctor, you start having this topic. 
they either going to tell you to not worry about it, depending on how old they are and what they right. know, or they're going to say, yeah, we can check. And they may check your total testosterone and maybe you're free. And if they got any kind of experience, they may even check your estrogen level, which is your mm -hmm. estradiol level. And then we're talking about a male here. We're not, we're not getting into the female spectrum because that's, that's a whole nother conversation right right they have a they have a lot of hormones as we kind of mentioned earlier <laughs> well so, i'm sure a lot of, yeah, of I, well yeah all right so, sorry about that so go ahead go ahead oh it's no problem so I, all i'm always going to do is conclude that you really need to get lab work done but you need to understand what kind of lab work needs to get done gotcha and, and that's where i was going with my question was you know what should be in a comprehensive blood panel? I mean, a lot of people are probably wondering that. And that's, that's where the bigger issues are. Um, and so I'm going to try to do what I can to explain this. So you okay. kind of want to bear with me on some of the wording here, because uh, these words, you know, are <laughs> medical based. So, right. but, you know, like any lab work, what you get at the doctor's office is typically a metabolic panel and then a CBC or cell blood, a cell blood count, cell blood count. So what these okay. do, they check your liver function, they check your cholesterol and triglycerides and glucose and, you know, kidney function and the, the standard basics of how the body's functioning from that perspective. Uh, but if, if they want to do hormones, that's where you get into the reality of how many hormones are actually in the body that need to be checked to see how they're working. Okay. So, what what this means is when you get with the right professional, okay, then they're going to check your total testosterone and your free testosterone because they're two different things. And there's a lot of things to know about those. Mm -hmm. They're going to check your est estradiol level, which is the estrogen, which has an okay. effect on testosterone. They're going to check your pregnenolone and you're going to check your DHEA, DHEA sulfate. These are hormone precursors. These help you to make hormones. And you need to get those checked before you consider doing therapy, because if those uh, end up getting brought up in, into range, they can right, help you get right. you back on your feet. And there are over-the-counter supplements that can do that, but you got to know what protocol to do. Okay. So then on top of that, you need to be checking your sex hormone binding globulins, because this affects how much free testosterone you have. And then you have luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. These are also components to help you make hormones. So you need to see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then you have DHT, which is dehydrotestosterone, which is another type of testosterone that your body makes. It also helps with your strength levels. Then you have IGF-1, which is insulin growth factor 1, which is a form of growth hormone release, a marker for that. So you know how that's performing. Then you have the PSA, which is prostate-specific antigen. This is checks your your prostate to see how it's doing, making sure it's you know got not getting enlarged and having other issues. Cortisol, which can affect fat loss and how your body's functioning because it's a stress marker. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you finish up with uh, TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And then there's two components of that that typically will be checked to see how they're converting. That would be what's called T3 and T4. And okay. T3 is the name for T3 is triodiothyronine, which, you know, probably butchered that up, but that's, that's my uh, way I'm pronouncing it. And then thyroxine is your T4. Okay. Now, okay. To finish all that off, I also recommend that they have the, the vitamin D uh, level checked, which is vitamin D 25 hydroxy, 
have that added to the panel. So that's a really good you know, comprehensive panel. Now you can add a few more things onto this, but that one is going to tell a really good story to know where you're at physically. Well, that seems like a whole lot of checking. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's a lot. So how much is something like this going to cost somebody? Well, that's another thing. So what you got to find is you, know, there's, you have out-of-pocket uh, costs and you have some some insurance can cover some of this. And so, okay. And what we're going to touch on is the technicality of that. But uh, if you pay out-of-pocket, generally it's going to range from $500 to $2,300 per panel. So that's what you need to know is not getting taken advantage of. Okay. So, right. You know, like for the people I work with, for that particular panel, I mentioned it's around $500. Okay. But if you go, if you go to quest or LabCorp, you try to buy it from them uh, or have a doctor run the prescription and try to buy it that way, it's going to be around $2,300, which is just outrageous and total rip. Wow. So you got to keep that in mind as well. All right. So then, um, if you're if if the doctor that you're working with has knowledge and they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. they can have some of this covered under insurance. So the key okay. thing is they got to they have to know what codes to mark so that it would be covered by insurance. And it's kind of yeah. tricky. So the best thing to do if you want to have it try to have it covered by insurance, have this test done. You need to get with your doctor. Make sure that he's even willing to do it. Because here's the thing. A lot of doctors don't want to take those tests because they don't even know what to tell you when the results come back. And that an eye opener. I was totally right. shocked by that as well. That's a very common thing. They're like, why do you need that? They don't even, they don't, they can't even tell you why you even need it. Okay. Hmm. Which is that, that means you got the wrong person. Okay. Right. Right. So if you have the right doctor, then they know how to code it. So you would call your insurance company and tell them, this is the, these are the tests I'm going to have done. Are they going to be mm-hmm. covered? And okay. if they say yes, then you, you want to get that person's name and all their information because things seem to change once somebody says something. So uh, as another backup, if you talk to your insurance company, get their name, their information, the date you talk to them. Because if for some reason they say, we're not covering that, it's like, no, I talked to so-and-so, I had this check, you're going to cover it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen this. I've seen this happen before. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, that's okay. another thing to kind of keep in mind. Unfortunately, these are some of the things you have to go through right now until until this whole process gets more understood and becomes mm-hmm. more uh, more regular. It's just it's not there yet. <laughs> All right. So let's say you decide to do this. You actually go and you have your blood work done. When the results come back, what should you be looking for? All right, that's a good question. So what, what I've learned is you need to focus on the things that are not in what's called optimal range, okay? Because there's going to be ranges on the lab results. You have a low end and you have a high end. And, this, and these are ranges that have been established over a period of time. So that's the thing you start studying and learning about. Gotcha, gotcha. So... Can you clarify what uh, an optimal range means? Yeah, good question there, too. Okay, so <laughs> what optimal range is, you know, I'm going to use testosterone, total testosterone in this particular example. Okay. okay. So if your testosterone, most lab work is going to come back with a range of, say, 200 uh, to maybe 1,100 
Piker, Piker grams of deciliters. There's different measurement systems that they use, but we're going to use 200 to 1100 as the range. Okay. So okay. you get your lab results back and you see your total testosterone. And if it's sitting at 800, hmm, that's pretty good. That's close to 1100. That's good news. Now, if it's sitting at 300 or 350, you're close to the 200 range. That's not good. And if it's, if it's under 200, that mm -hmm. just means that means you got you got some problems going on. Okay, so that's what you're looking at. Where are you at in the range? And so an optimal range to me, and the, what I've learned from the medical community is yeah, is 800 to 900 is optimal range, and that that typically means you're feeling good. Now again, you need to have your free check because that can also affect it, even though you have an optimal range on your total testosterone. Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking at. You're looking to figure out where you're landing because, like, on your estrogen level. You want to be on the lower end. You don't want to be on the higher end. So you want that estrogen level to be on the lower end, which typically ranges from like uh, 10 to 15 to 40 or 50 as a marker. Right. Again, I'm not getting into all the, the details of that. I'm just using the number of ranges. But you want to be on that lower end as an as, as example. So they're, they're all going to vary some. Some you want the lower end. Some of them you want the higher end. So that's what you're gotcha. talking about with optimal range. All right, so what happens if you find out that you're not in the optimal range? All right, so that's where the real magic has to happen if you have, okay. the, right, if you have the right professional. So, uh, and this is the most important thing is if you have the right professional, and I've had to learn this, I've, I've worked with multiple doctors, mm -hmm. probably four of them now, and there's, there's always a lot of nuances with each doctor, but you need the correct protocol to implement so you bring your whatever levels out of range back into optimal range and so a simple example of that would be like if you're pregnant alone and your dha which are hormone precursors are not in optimal range all you need to do is take enough enough of the supplement to bring it back into optimal range as an example mm -hmm. okay but you know the thing is is you need to find people who specialize in this. And I prefer to have them at nerd status. So they're really into it. Mm -hmm. So that you're getting good information and good data. And then if the protocol is not working, they kind of know what to do to tweak it, to make it better, to get you back in optimal range. And once it gets back in optimal range, you're going to feel better and you're going to feel younger. I mean, it's going to have a better effect because you're putting things back to where the body likes it. Okay, so can you dig a little deeper on this? Because I'm sure everybody still has a little bit more questions about, uh, well, about kind of where you're headed. Like, so let me give you an example. Like for me, myself, okay, mm -hmm. my pregnenolone levels were not in optimal range and my DHEA uh, sulfate was not in optimal range. That's, what, that's okay. the measurement systems that run the lab work. So with the professionals I'm working with, they have me on 200 milligrams of pregnenolone and 25 milligrams of DHEA. So I take those in the morning on an empty stomach. And so that helps to bring up, because those are hormone precursors that can help me continue to make testosterone and other hormones too, because they help with other hormones, like they do help with estrogen and other components. So that's gonna help me with that. Um, and then again, it's just simply just taking, you know, some supplements to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I can actually improve you naturally so then you can kind of monitor and see how, you know, how that's going. So that's kind of what, as an example protocol, just in that one area. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, then you can do to help improve your testosterone nationally. 
with a prescription would be like HCG, which is human chorionic gonotropin. Uh, they get it from, um, uh, I, I can't remember where they get it from off the top, but um, <laughs> I think it's uh, female, actually it's from female fetuses, the, uh, okay. the you know, female, uh, that of the urine, something like that. So uh, don't quote me on that, but it, it's called human chorionic gonotropin. It comes from females, but this helps okay. to, um, another option of that would be clomiphene as well. And what these do, they cause the testicles to want to make more testosterone. So mm-hmm. it keeps the testicles from shrinking. You know, for people that take external testosterone, it can cause an effect where the, the testicles will shrink. Uh, hmm. Not that that's a big deal, but it can affect that. So the ACG helps to minimize that, but also keeps them functioning. Because you want to keep your body making the hormones as long as you can uh, right, to get it right. in the optimal range. But sometimes none of that works. And so then you may need to take some external stop testosterone just enough to mm-hmm. move everything back in the optimal range. Hopefully that doesn't do confuse them. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of information. And, and unfortunately, we're kind of running out of time here for part one of what you need to know about hormone therapy. But is there anything else that you'd like to add to wrap up, Armin, for part one? Well, yeah, um, you know, like on part two, we're going to get more into the detail of things, you know, regarding you know, the different approaches, because you're going to, there's a lot of different approaches uh, that can be taken into help to optimize your hormone levels um, because of who, the knowledge of the person you're working with and their experience and things like that. So you really want to stay mm-hmm. tuned for the second show, because I'm going to give you some, you know, real world examples because I work with a lot of clients that, um, you know, they have to deal with those. And so, and I work mm-hmm. with a lot of medical professionals, so I get a lot of opinions <laughs> and a lot of different mm-hmm. strategies to, uh, to help with everything in general. <clears throat> well, a lot of great information. I look forward to part two for next week. And I'm sure everybody else is as well. Uh, before we go to break though, uh, I encourage everybody to check out nspnutrition.com. And, you know, I'm, I, I, Started last week, I I singled out vitamin D3, and this week I'd like to single out the milk and egg protein powder. The reason why, it's one of the first things that I tried, and, um, you know, I've tried a lot of whey proteins, I've tried all different flavors and things like that, and I was very skeptical on trying it because a lot of them have a bad aftertaste, they don't taste well, um, and it's just not a quality product. And I was so pleasantly surprised with NSP's milk and egg protein powder. First of all, the texture and flavor is different from anything I've tried. Uh, when you get chocolate or cherry almond or vanilla, they all taste like those flavors. And depending on how you mix it, you know, Armin gave a lot of great information, but you know, I've, I've kind of always used to do water and the protein powder and that was it now i throw in a couple eggs hey i throw in like half a banana whatever i spice it up a little bit and i feel like i'm eating breakfast sometimes and i don't do it every day but i i mean as in for breakfast but i can highly recommend all three flavors and armin you know the quality of nsp's protein powder is really second to none right uh, well, yeah, it's it's a premium product. Uh, I, I like it a lot too. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent on the same page with that. It's a it's a rock solid uh, mm-hmm. uh, supplement to take, and and when you compare it to to other options out there, uh, it's, it's it's a big difference. So if you haven't ever tried it, give it a try. I know, but it is a premium product. Yeah. It's a little bit more than whey protein. 
but at the same time, I think you'll like the effects of it. Absolutely. So check it out on nspnutrition.com today and stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition and Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I am Frank Mills. And what we're going to talk about now is what foods are best to help optimize your hormone levels. You know, a lot of uh, mixed feelings about this one, I'm sure. But, you know, Armin, there's a lot of great food sources out there. But what food sources are best for hormones? Well, if you do some research on it, um, you know, this is one of the things that uh, Vince was himself very knowledgeable about is Mm -hmm. what can help improve hormones because that is critical to building muscle. And so he had, a, he had to do a lot of research on it. So right. what, what he learned and what I've also learned as well is to help hormones work at optimal levels, you need quality protein and fats. Mm-hmm. And those are the two key ingredients for your hormones. Now, you do need some carbs to help with like thyroid and, and things like that to balance out of the hormones like uh, other e- hormones like estrogen. So mm-hmm. you do need some car- carbs for that. Um, it's not a lot, but you do need some for that. But your key ingredients are going to be protein and fats. <laughs> okay. All right. So can you give me some examples on what these food sources might be? All right. So the, the really obvious ones are going to be meat protein. Mm-hmm. You know, meat protein, it's got the amino acids that come from the protein and has fat already built into it. So Mother Nature, as Vince would put it, made it that way for a reason. And they're both acidic in nature. They digest well. So when you eat meat, real meat, then you're going to have the fat already built into it. So you can just supplement some additional fat if you need to. Mm-hmm. But we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, eggs are the number one source of high quality protein and fats. Then you have beef, uh, poultry, pork, fish, and, and then even different uh, seafood items, which help with your, with your hormone levels like uh, oysters. Oysters are high in zinc, and zinc is really necessary to help make more testosterone. So, you know, that's a really good thing that people probably don't even realize. Mm-hmm. That's what made you want to know. And so these are kind of the pretty obvious ones. But as far as other fats, it can help. You know, avocados are a great yeah. source of fats. Okay. Uh, grass-fed butter, coconut oil, uh, cheese, you know, high-quality cheeses, not the, you know, not the cheap stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm talking about, like, Colby Jack and cheddar and, and you know, things along that line. Yeah. Uh, and nuts, uh, except for, you know, mixed nuts are great, except for peanuts. Uh, I'm not a fan of those uh, just because they're high in omega-6 and omega-9 oils, which cause inflammation. Then you have heavy cream uh, and then MCT oils uh, on and on, you know, olive oils and things like that, that we mentioned before. So these will get you those other fats. Um, now, regarding carbs, okay, uh, the cruciferous vegetables are really important because what they can do, they help regulate the estrogens in your system. And so 
estrogens, when they get elevated, can, especially for females, as an example, can mm-hmm. cause cancer. Uh, it can cause uh, other tumor-related cells to grow. Uh, for males, it affects their, their absorption of testosterone and the hormones that they need for good energy. That's why they need to be managed. So cruciferous vegetables, which are uh, we'll, we'll talk more about on that. So, mm-hmm. Really, that's, that's kind of interesting. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, Armin? Yeah, so on the cruciferous vegetables, you're going to be looking at like broccoli, uh-huh. uh, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, and other. These, these food sources here, are, they're rich in indole-3-carbonyl. Okay. Indole-3-carbonyl is another, it's a compound that helps detoxify the estrogens and reduce, the, you know, reduce those effects. Um, also, because of the way they're structured, they're very high in fiber, which again, helps with pushing, helps with the colon system. Um, mm-hmm. They're good in a, they're solid with vitamin C and other antioxidants. So, you know, for hormone health, that needs to be part of the mix. Now, gotcha, one thing gotcha. about the, some mm-hmm. of the, one thing about the cruciferous vegetables that can affect your thyroid. So that's why you know, we're, I'm a big fan of taking, um, you know, iodine that NSG iodine, has right. because that helps with that. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are some of the foods you definitely want to avoid? Well, first and foremost, sugar, okay, Ex- excessive amounts of sugar. Right. Typically, what they say, the body only needs 15 grams of sugar a day. So we're, we're killing that daily. It doesn't take mm-hmm. anything for that. Right. And then right. you, you got to avoid processed food. There is no nutritional value in processed food. So this is the quick, easy stuff that's already been prepackaged. Uh, that's not going to help you with hormones. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of society is eating. And I personally think that that's what's causing a lot of people to have bad hormone levels because mm-hmm. of what they're, what they're eating. They're not getting the right nutrition and that's going to cause problems long-term. Um, and then there is a little bit of, um, uh, I think with, you know, debate with alcohol. So mm-hmm. alcohol can affect your hormone levels over time. So you got to keep that in mind. So if you're drinking a lot, you're not getting a lot of benefit from it. And it's going to affect your recovery. It's going to affect your sleep, which affects your hormones on and on. So you want to be kind of careful with your alcohol intake. Not, not that you can't have any, but just be more strategic with it. So it does affect your system. Yeah. Cause with alcohol, there, there are quite a bit of alcohol out there it has high content of sugar in it. And if you're oh, drinking yeah. mixed drinks, Oh my gosh, you throw it out the window. There's all kinds of sugar in you know the fancy mixed drinks right too oh yeah exactly yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna help you at all that's that's it yeah well you hit some of the most well let's say the things that most people are really aware of but what are some foods that i guess you should be cautious about armin all right so one of the things you get thrown on the bus with a lot of the medical community and other uh nutrition experts is dairy stay Mm -hmm. away from dairy stay away from dairy and i get that because of you know if you if you buy the typical dairy yeah that's a problem Uh, there's there's not a lot of debate on that because how they feed the cows you know they're not grass-fed they're feeding them grains that have uh, genetic modified organisms and and other things and then they're, they're injected with hormones so they get bigger you know that stuff gets transferred you know into the food supply because mm-hmm. it's in there and then even if it's grass-fed there's some debate about 
you know, how the cows transfer estrogens into the bloodstream as well, because, you know, the, when they, um, even though they are grass fed, they still make some estrogens. And so there's some debate mm -hmm. about, okay, you know, is it going to raise your estrogen level if you're having some dairy? So mm -hmm. that's something you want to keep in mind. But I think if you look at how much dairy you're eating, you should be eating a ton of dairy in the first place. You just need to eat some. I think right. you're going to be fine. But there is some, some you'll read about, well, hey, dairy is going to cause your estrogen levels to go up. So mm -hmm. that's another re good reason to have your hormone levels checked because you can kind of keep an eye on that. So. Right, right. Okay. Um, we've talked about all kinds of food sources. What about supplements? Yeah, so like, for example, you know, what I've learned is that uh, for testosterone, if you want to keep healthy levels, one of the things you can take as far as a supplement would be zinc. Now, when you take zinc, a couple things uh, to keep in mind, you want to keep, keep it at 50 milligrams or less. Now, if you start taking more than that, what the research is saying, is it affects your proper levels, and that can start causing problems. And it also cause problems with absorbing the zinc. So stay under 50 milligrams of zinc per day. And I take mine before bed uh, is when I take it to help, you know, with my testosterone levels. Um, and then vitamin D3, uh, that, that's also a hormone technically, and it's great for the immune system. So I, I typically recommend 5,000 to 10,000 units uh, per day. Uh, now you can always run this by your, your doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's pretty safe. If you get one hour of direct sunlight, you're going to get 10,000 units of vitamin D. Gotcha. Most people, most people aren't getting that. So um, that's the one they keep in mind there. And uh, I mentioned before is iodine for the thyroid. You know, uh, that's really important because you know what that gland of you function at a high level, which helps your energy and it helps you burn fat because it increases your mitochondria usage. So mm -hmm. then another one would be magnesium. Because you need your body uses magnesium for almost everything, and then selenium can help with testosterone as well. But you got to kind of watch your intake of, of selenium. It does help your testosterone and helps your thyroid. But they recommend no more than 400 micrograms, which is a small amount of uh, selenium. Uh, one of the easy sources of getting selenium, though, to not have to supplement would be Brazil nuts. Very high in selenium. Just hmm. eat like four or five Brazil nuts, and you're you got your daily quota of uh, selenium so wow well Armin, a lot of good info any final thoughts as we wrap up the segment yeah you just want to keep it simple and you know remember that uh, you can never go wrong with eating natural high quality food that's and that's what our ancestors did and it worked pretty well for them you know in most cases okay and mm -hmm. that's why a lot of parents are outliving their kids because they ate what they needed to eat so that's mm -hmm. what you got to keep in mind to keep things working the right way. Well, a lot of great information as usual, Armin. Thanks so much. Uh, no problem. And uh, hopefully everybody got some takeaways on this and uh, looking forward to doing the show again next week with part two. And then we'll you know, have some other nutritional things to add into that one too. Yeah. And if you have any questions or suggestions for a show, you know, we appreciate your comments, your suggestions and, the easy way to do it, if you're watching on YouTube, is just leave it in the comment section, and Armin will scour those, uh, and he will reply back to you. And the easiest way, too, is just send an email, and you can send it yeah. directly to NSP Nutrition. It's support at nspnutrition.com, 
And, you know, we really look forward to topics, emails, and suggestions, don't we, Armin? Yeah, because we're trying to help people here. So and get, yeah. get them better informed about what they need to know. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for watching this week. And join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.